Hey friends, we hope this message from C3 Fort Worth helps you see Jesus like never before. And if you're in or around Fort Worth, we'd love to meet you on a Sunday or at one of our weekly dinner parties. Hey, if you want to turn in your Bibles, thank you worship team. If you want to turn your Bible to Psalm 145, Psalm 145. I want just, just a note, we're just being as respectful and, and honoring as we can. Obviously you can wear them sitting down, but... Uh, the goal would be that uh, as you're coming in and as you're leaving that you would wear your mask, okay? I just want to get that out there so there's no weir- weird confusion. You want to shake your hand, put your hand out. Don't make me guess. Um, and uh, uh, don't feel guilty. Like, if you don't, don't shake my hand. Don't, don't let me pressure you. Um, but, man, babe, aren't you excited? This is good. My, my, uh, my four-year-old didn't want to leave his mom's side. It's five months of not dropping him off at anything. So it's like it, we're going to have to relearn all of that. We're going to go to Psalm 145. We're going to do things a little bit differently today. I'm not, I would not say I'm preaching a sermon today as much as we are reading the Bible. And um, I've heard that it's good if you bring the Bible into your church services. So I'm trying to do that more and more these days. Um, and uh, so I'm excited about that. But Psalm 145 is really interesting. Um, we are not a, what you would call traditionally a liturgical church. We probably will never be a liturgical church, although I think that's a bit of a misnomer. Liturg- liturgy is what the work of the people. And so in a lot of ways, whatever you do regularly when you come together is your liturgy. Um, so, so when we all, every church does three songs, y'all, that's liturgy. Um, you know, I mean, it's, it's all sort of that thing. But there are certain things that are done, and, and there's something called the lectionary. If, you, if you've been to a mainline denomination, maybe a Methodist or Anglican or something like that, you would have heard of this. It's not something we're going to necessarily make regular or consistent. Well, we might, but, um, but not in the way that it would typically be used. But the lectionary right now across the world, it's, it's basically a set of scriptures given every Sunday. For some, it's every day. Uh, but every Sunday has a set of scriptures. So you know what the church is going to be talking about and reading every single week that you walk in. And the, the idea is that across the world, there would be thousands and thousands of churches reading the same scripture on the same day, which I kind of think is pretty cool. And, and so the, what we're reading today is actually, it was not the plan, it was not the idea, but, but when uh, we looked it up, it was like, yeah, this works. Um, is Psalm 145, which is actually in the lectionary for today. So the verse we're reading today will be being read all across the globe. And I, I love that. We are tying into what's happening all around the world. So Psalm 145 is a really distinct, really unique uh, verse. But the way they would typically do this, we, will, we, we probably won't do this every Sunday. We probably won't do this a lot. But the way they would typically do this and, uh, is that uh, you would, I would read one verse, and you, or, or I would read one line, and then we would read the next. Has anyone ever done this before? Has anyone been in? Okay, so some of you guys, yeah, awesome. Um, and so some of you can help us on this. Some of us, uh, you know, more charismatic folk are like, uh, I'm supposed to just do my own thing. Um, I'm supposed to say it as it comes. Uh, and so I think the Holy Spirit can work in both. Amen. And so I think he can work in the plans drawn. And I believe he can work once you get in the building, too. So. Um, so here's the deal. So I'm, what I'm going to do, we're going to put the scripture up. We're going to read it. I'm going to share a couple things about it. And then we're going to go on with our day. One of the biggest things that we're feeling, Pastor Meredith and I, are feeling for this house. And what I love about this building is that it's not super soundproof yet. And so the frat house, two houses over, was being woken up with, I will lift you high, forever lift you high. Wait, they might actually be. Um, so, 
They're like, whoa, I'm coming to that church. Um, and and uh, by the way, didn't you like that new song? I'm loving that new song. Give me, give me some of that house fires. Give me some of that choir. I'm down. Um, but Psalm 145, so I'm, one of the things we've been thinking about a lot is that this would be a house of praise. That this would be a place of praise. And that this would be... Um, Something where we are a church that we, we, when you walk in, one of the signatures of C3 around the globe and, and here in this building will be the sound of praise. The interesting thing about psalms, have you ever heard of psalms as, a, as songs? Anyone? You th- that's the way you think of psalms? The interesting thing about psalms is it's not. It has started in that way. The writer of the psalms would have uh, made them and written them as songs. The church, over time, actually turned the book of Psalms into a prayer book. I think this is interesting. Why? Because I actually think a lot of the things we sing with praise are also the things we can pray in our life. I often think that sometimes what we're praying will soon turn into praise. And sometimes what we're praising will soon turn into a prayer. And at different times, in different seasons, and in different days, we will need one or the other. There will be days where I will have to say, God, I will praise you with this yearning in our heart. And then there will be other days where I will be saying, I praise you because of the fullness of our heart. And there's this, there's this yin and yang, if you might, uh, if you may, that, that, that this, this prayer and praise would be full in our hearts. That this, this book of Psalms, and some of you guys have read all the Psalms because you're good Christians. Actually, it's taken you 27 years to do it, but whatever. Um, this, uh, that you see in, in a lot of translations, you'll see book one, book two, book three, book four, book five. And they are broken up into five books with a bit of an introduction. So Psalm 1 and 2 is an introduction. The last five chapters roughly are kind of the conclusion or the epilogue. It would be the ending. Um, and then in the middle is book one, two, three, four, and five. And these are prayer books. So a lot of churches, there's a lot of places that would, the, in Jewish tradition, they would read the psalm as a prayer. Isn't that great? So you can sing it, but you can also pray it. And if you need to do both, that's okay. If you can't sing, pray it. And so that's what this is. And so what we're going to do is we're going to put Psalm 145 on the screen. And what I want you to do your best, and I would use just because of translations, and y'all, you know, there's 37 now. <laughs> you could, some of you are reading Amplified. You'll be going way longer than others. And some of you are reading Message, and you'll be using, like, cool words and stuff. And, um, and so I would use, we're going to use New King James just because a few of the words that are in it that I really, really like. And uh, we're working on brightness of screen, so just bear with me. Uh, but what I want to do, and if you have New King James on your Bible app or whatever, I'm going to read that first line. I will extol you, my God, O King. And then we together will read what's underlined. Does that make sense? Just, y'all going to go with me on this? All right, out loud, together. I want you to feel it. I want you to hear it. Don't have to rush it. Don't feel like you got to go quickly. And then I'm going to share, like, two things on it, and then we're going to be done for the day. All right, here we go. Psalm 145, verse 1. I will extol you, my God, O King, and I will bless your name forever and ever. Oh, that's cool. I like that. Y'all should read my verses more often. Every day I will bless you. And I will praise your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. And his greatness is unsearchable. One generation shall praise your works to another. And shall declare your mighty acts. Next one. 
I will meditate on the glorious splendor of your majesty and on your wondrous works. Men shall speak of the might of your awesome acts, and I will declare your greatness. They shall utter the memory of your great goodness and shall sing of your righteousness. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger and great in mercy. Well done. Well done. I went to read this last night uh, just to, to, to take a look because what's interesting about Psalm 145 is it's the, uh, the most used psalm in the Jewish prayer book. The most used psalm is Psalm 145. In fact, in Jewish tradition, you would say this twice or once in the morning and twice in the evening. So you would wake up and say Psalm 145, and you'd go to bed and you'd say it twice in case you had a difficult day. Psalm 145 was David's kind of, this is what I've learned about who God is over the course of my life. It probably wasn't written when he was 12, probably written when he was 50. It was probably written when he had looked it over the course of his life and seen the different highs and lows, mountains and valleys, and in it still said, I will praise the Lord. Really interesting fact about Psalm 145, and I'm, I'm going to share with you what I read last night, but the really interesting fact about Psalm 145 is there's uh, something called an acrostic poem. And these, there's only a handful of these in all of Psalms. Uh, on all of the Psalms, and what it means is that the, the, the first letter of every line spells out something. So the person who wrote this was fairly masterful with the pen. They, he, he knew how, how to write this in such a way that it would make sense left to right, but also make sense top to bottom. That you would see a word in it. But the interesting thing about what David did with Psalm 145 is that all he did is use every letter of the Jewish alphabet, the Hebrew alphabet. So he went A through Z, not technically that, but he, for us, he would have been A through Z to finish this psalm, meaning A would be the first one, B would be the second one, C would be the second one. And there's uh, one woman who actually talked about what does that mean? Why, why would he do something like that? Adele Berlin said this, this, the poet praises God with everything from A to Z. His praise is all-inclusive. More than that, the entire alphabet, the source of all words, is marshaled praise of God. One cannot actually use all of the words in a language, but by using the alphabet, one uses all potential words. So what's the idea with this poem is that this is everything for us. That when we read this type of praise about how unsearchable He is, about how great He is and greatly to be praised, about how I will extol Him or I will exalt Him or I will praise Him or I will do it from now into eternity, forever and ever, forever. I can't, I can't ever not do that. Uh, it, it is that we would, in everything that we are, we said this last week, it's in the song, all of our praise from A to Z, every word that would be represented by that alphabet would be used to praise and glorify the God that we serve. So when you wake up, I will praise Him every day. When you go to sleep, I will praise Him from one generation to the next. I will be people. I will be a person. This will be a people of praise. So I went to read it last night. I was just going to read through it real quick because, you know, I'm supposed to read it twice at night and 
And this is what happens. And I, I would tell people all the time, sometimes we get so caught up in what we have to do for our daily Bible reading that we miss the one part of the Bible God really wants us to read. Because reading, just, just as in the Hebrew language, the, the word hear does not simply mean to listen. It means to listen and then do something with it. It is the idea that both in the hearing of it and the receiving of it, I would then activate it. And so when, when you listen to the Word of God, when you listen to the Bible, if it's hitting you, let it. If you get stuck, stay. There is no one with the one-year Bible association that will show up at your door if you don't finish the day for that day, right? Like just, if you get stuck somewhere, stay there. So last night, I pulled out my phone, I started to read it. I will exalt. That was as far as I got. I have a whole message to preach. I got all kinds of things I want to tell you about. But I couldn't get past the first three words of the song. I, me, all of who, I'm not going to worry about the dude down the street. I'm not going to worry about the lady in the cubicle next to me. I'm not going to worry about the thing. No, I, my person, my soul, my spirit, my, my humanity, who I am, all that I have, everything that I've got, everything that I've gone through, everything I'm going to go through, all of who I am, I, this person, Brandon, will, I will. I'm not going to think about it. I'm not going to debate it. I'm not going to throw it up to the winds of chance and see if it's a good day today. I, I will. I have decided. I have resolved. I have made a habit. I have developed an endurance. I have created a pattern that I will exalt you. I love this. And in, fact, the, 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 in fact, I think I'm even saying it wrong. I exalt you is all it says. It doesn't even say I will. It just kind of assumes you will. I exalt you. I, 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 just, I, had this, I just stopped in that moment. The comma got me. I exalt him. Man, I don't know if you know this, but you and I are really good at exalting ourselves. And some of you think you, you're like, no, I don't. I think badly about myself all the time. Exactly. You have exalted the way you feel about yourself over the way you feel about your God. We can exalt ourselves even in the diminishing of who we are because we have decided that who we are and who we think we are is more important than who he thinks we are. You and I can get to the place where we elevate our own opinions of our own life and where we are and where we think we should be and where we were supposed to be and all that we were supposed to do above what he has planned. And this is the challenge of a psalm like this. A lot of times we're not challenging that he's God, we're challenging the plans he made. We're rarely upset that there's a God, we're just upset that he did it differently than we would have done it. And in getting upset about the way he would have done it, we have put ourselves where? Where he belongs. This is not God saying you can't be upset about things that are happening or that you can't be frustrated about things that are happening. We talk about this. We are not Disneyland in the church. We sometimes treat ourselves that way, that everything's going to have a nice red bow at the end and everything's going to be tied up. Uh, and it will eventually. That is why Paul says the resurrection is coming. We will see it happen one day. But, but what we're living in right now is the now and not yet of the kingdom of God. And, and so sometimes we have to acknowledge reality. We just don't have to confess it all the time. We can acknowledge reality without losing our confession of heaven. That we will be people of praise. We will be people who love the Lord fully and completely, regardless of what we're in, regardless of what we're dealing with, regardless of the places we go, regardless 
of all the things we face. I will praise Him. I will exalt. I will lift up. And that is what exalt means. It simply means to lift something up above yourself. This phrase positions us. It brings us humility. But it also reminds us that He is worthy of the praise we give Him. I'm just going to read through this and we're going to close. But I want to read through a few other verses. This is why Psalm 145 is so special. It's used so often. It's because it ties so many links and so many other verses to itself. And so I just want to read through a few of these. Psalm 145, verse 1. I'm just going to read through it. You guys just hang with me. I will extol you, my King, my God. I praise your greatness. I will speak highly of you. And I'm just reading other translations. One translation says, my heart explodes with praise to you. Now and forever, my heart bows in worship to you. I will bless your name forever and ever. Amplified translation, my mom's favorite translation says, and with gratitude and submissive wonder, I will bless your name forever and ever. I will bless your name forever and ever with grateful and and affectionate praise. Verse 2, every day I will bless you. How's that for a pattern? We've talked a lot about patterns lately, right? We've talked a lot about the patterns of things and what's going on. I will bless your name daily. Did anybody miss Wednesday this week? Maybe Thursday you forgot? Maybe Friday? Maybe all three? We have those weeks, right? You're still allowed to come into church. We will reset. In many ways, it's the point of this is to extend our hands in praise so we can fill our hearts with wonder, right? There's a point here. And I will praise your name forever and ever. Psalm 146, too, says, I will praise the Lord all my life. I will sing to my God as long as I live. Amplified translation, every day with its new reasons. Every day with its new reasons, I will bless you affectionately and gratefully praise you. Verse 3, great is the Lord. Y'all know this is one of my favorites. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. Praise. One commentator says, we get the feeling that David felt it would be dishonorable to withhold his praise to God or give him half-hearted praise. We say this all the time. We too often make the equation for our praise. God is great, but our week was bad. We'll give him the balance. That's not the verse. The verse simply says, and succinctly says, and multiple times throughout Psalms says, great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. Paul David Tripp in his book on awe says that spiritual growth is recapturing our wonder. Spiritual growth is recapturing our wonder. Looking at God and remembering why we thought it was a good idea to follow him in the first place. Looking at God again and going, wow, I can't believe this or this. And sometimes we put it into these things that we can build and make, but sometimes it's in the things that exist without us doing anything. Sometimes it's in the fact that we're breathing today. Sometimes it's in the fact that grass grew yesterday. Sometimes it's in the fact that, thank God, we were opened up the garage door and the cool weather was here because stuff happens. And every day I will find new reasons to praise Him. What if we woke up every day looking, not for the reasons to complain, but for the reasons to praise. If praise is lifting him up and being thankful and celebrating, then complaint is what? Anti-praise. 
So we get to the end of the day saying a few good things and a few bad things, and we kind of end up in the same place as we started. What if we started the day going, I'm looking for where God is working? What if I looked for the places that he was evident? And in that, just like Hosea, Habakkuk saying, what you did back then, do it again. Maybe I can see what he did at 8 a.m. this morning and be encouraged for what he'll do at 6 p.m. tonight or what he did last year in 2019 and that he can do again in 2020. And I know that's crazy because ain't nothing going right in 2020. But I believe this, that if we will keep our praise, if we'll keep looking for wonder, if we will keep looking for the things to praise Him in, in the darkest of days, then we will walk out of here with spiritual growth. We will walk out of here with spiritual maturity and be walk out of here with a greater platform to praise Him from. We will understand what it is to walk with Him. I'm not going to do all of these. One generation, verse 4 says, One generation will praise your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. My goodness, if the church is just one age, then we're in trouble. I always see a few guys, a few kids sitting in here. Uh, I see a few grandparents in here. I see a, a lot of different things. And the reality is, is that we as people from generation to generation lift up the praises of God. And sometimes we make this so, we, we, we don't take the words that we are family in Christ as actual things. We, 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 we make that like, that's my, uh, Jesse, my church family. That's my church friends. My church friends are over there. That's an inside joke with Jesse. But how many of y'all, we use those phrases. Those are my church friends. No, no, no. We are brothers and we are sisters in Christ Jesus. We carry each other's burdens. We walk with each other through valleys. We celebrate on mountaintops. We sit at the same tables. And the beauty of the family of God is not that we all look the same, but we all look to the same person. That is what Jesus is about. That is what the church is about. We are from generation to generation. So it may not be your kid that I'm encouraging and praise today. It may not be mine, but it's going to be somebody's. And it may not. We will be people who praise Him. All the time. Verse 5, I will meditate. It's interesting. This is the one verse that doesn't have a similar translation in every translation. Some say, I will speak. And others say, I will meditate. I don't think those are necessarily saying the different things. They just say them in ways that we wouldn't fully understand. Because the idea is, is that I would meditate on it. And whatever I meditate on will be the thing that I confess. Right? And so my meditation will become the thing that I begin to speak into my world. Uh, and vice versa. I had a, uh, one of my favorite Bible teachers, Rod Anderson, says he reads the Bible out loud so he can hear it twice. When he reads it, something different happens. And so he reads it out loud because my confession, what I'm saying, will also often begin to rewire what I'm thinking. And so sometimes we go, people go, ah, oh, you're just being those happy-go-lucky Christians that are always optimistic and you always just say good things. Yeah, no, no, no. Actually, I'm really ticked off inside, so I'm having to confess some things different than what you, want, you think I should confess right now. No, I'm not going to do I'm going to declare the goodness and the greatness of God. I will bless His name forever and every, every day. I will praise Him, right? I will exalt Him regardless. He is great and greatly to be praised, and His greatness is without end. It is unsearchable, meaning there will never be a day or a moment where you can't find something to praise your God about. He is not so small that you can find Him and figure Him out by the time you turn 27. Stop it. He is still and will always be expanding. He will never stop for you. You will always be growing to the size of the God you serve. Your spiritual growth depends on a God that is bigger than where you currently are. 
You will mature in who he is. Your identity is wrapped up in him. It's one of the most interesting verses that I see the Apostle Paul write, that your identity, who you are, is wrapped up in the mystery of Christ. Almost as though he's saying, you will never fully know me completely, and so you actually don't always completely know yourself either. There's still more I can do. There's still more I'm up to. There's still more I can shape. There's still more I can add. There's still more I can unearth. There's still more I can... There is still more in you. Okay. I will exalt. I exalt him. I praise him. I exalt you, Lord, my God, my King. I will bless your name forever and ever. Let us be a church that never allows people to walk in here and be allowed to leave still thinking about all the small things. Let us be a church that every time they walk in here, their eyes are lifted, their head is lifted, their shoulders are up, and they are able to see what God is up to. This world wants to shape people a certain way, make things a certain way, wants to um, create in you a certain image. It is funny to watch a world tell you, just be who you are and then tell me all the things I should be. God bless them. God bless us, right? We so often will try to shape it, but then say, but I don't have to be it. It's almost like we want the independence in both scenarios. I want to be whoever I'm going to be. Who should I be? And what we've taught, we've taught people is to just look inside yourself. I understand the heart there. I understand that. Don't let the world create your world because they will always create it too small. I get it. I understand all those things. But what I really believe is going to happen, what I really believe makes a difference, is when I look to heaven. Where I look to where our reality actually came from. That I would look to my God and my King. And in looking above, I will find out what I should be in this moment, in this time. So like Simon McIntyre says, my head is in heaven My feet are firmly planted on the earth. Amen.